God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe to the, to the Tribe of, of Christians, Christians broadcast, broadcast either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, The Chief Sinner. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Tribe of Christians podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Brandon Dawson. Coronavirus declared a global pandemic. Major events, borders, cities, and schools have shut down to slow the spread of the virus. The stock market plummeting. Is there something serious going on with the coronavirus? Are there any connections relating to the biblical end-time prophetic plagues? And how should Christians be responding? COVID-19 is the name given by the World Health Organization on February 11, 2020 for the disease caused by the novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2. Now, it started in Wuhan, China in late 2019 and has since then spread worldwide. COVID-19 is an acronym which stands for the Coronavirus Disease of 2019. Now, on December 31st, 2019, a strange new pneumonia of unknown cause was reported to the Chinese World Health Organization office. And a cluster of these cases had appeared in Wuhan, a city just in Hebei province of China. Now, these infections were found to be caused by a new coronavirus, which was given the name 2019 Novel Coronavirus, COVID-19. Now, it was later renamed Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, Coronavirus 2, or SARS-CoV-2, by the International Committee on Taxonomy of Viruses, February 11th. It was named SARS-CoV-2 because the virus is a genetic cousin of the coronavirus, which causes the SARS outbreak, or which caused the SARS outbreak in 2002. As of now, there are at least two strands of this virus circulating. Now, it's believed that the virus first originated from bats from the black meat market in Wuhan, China, and made the mutation there, resulting in a human infection and consequence. On Wednesday, March 11th, the World Health Organization declared the coronavirus a global pandemic. Coronavirus, which was unknown to the World Health officials three months ago, has rapidly spread more than 200,000 people from Asia to the Middle East, Europe, and the United States. And in the past two weeks, the number of cases outside of China has increased over 13-fold, and the number of infected countries has tripled. 
In the days and weeks ahead, said the Director General of the World Health Organization, we expect to see the number of cases and the number of affected countries climb even higher. And as a result, for the first time in our lifetime, we are seeing cancellations and postponements of major events and activities and efforts to slow the spread of this virus. Schools at all levels all over the nation are closing entirely for the spring semester or they're going entirely online. Broadway theaters in New York City have gone completely dark until April the 12th. National Basketball Association, the Major League Baseball Association, and the National Hockey League have all suspended their seasons. And meanwhile, the NCAA announced that the March Madness will also be canceled or canceled for the first time ever in history. And for the first time since 9-11 and the fourth time in history, Disneyland, Disney World, will also be closed through the end of March. On Friday, March 13th, just two days after the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic, President Donald Trump declared a national emergency for the United States. And this declaration freed up as much as $50 billion in financial resources to assist those affected by the coronavirus outbreak. Now, on Saturday, March 14th, the president added the UK and Ireland to his already placed travel bans on China and Europe. Stocks fell to session lows in the final hour of trading, as President Donald Trump said that the outbreak could last even all the way until July or August. The Dow dropped more than 3,000 points at its worst. The S&P 500 finished down 12%. The Dow closed lower at 13%. The Nasdaq ended down over 12%. Now, the Dow was down 2,700 points after President Trump said that American life might not return to normal until August, and it had fallen as much as 2,800 points on Monday. Trump also said that the virus is not under complete control yet and acknowledged that the economy may be falling into a recession. In result, panic has struck shoppers at the grocery stores hoarding cleaning supplies, toilet paper, and food, putting this huge kink in the manufacturing supply chains. And according to the World Health Organization, live coverage updates on the COVID-19 revealed that there's been a total of 236,920 cases worldwide as of today. Now, 9,829 deaths have resulted worldwide. So if you do the math on those numbers, that gives you roughly about a 4% fatality rate of the coronavirus. Now, out of those 4% fatality rates among the coronavirus, approximately 46% of those already had pre-existing health conditions, such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, chronic respiratory disease, cancer, and high blood pressure. That was majority of those, or majority of those were ages 60 years old or older. Now, as compared to the Ebola outbreak, which had a 90% fatality rate, and according to the CDC, it's estimated at approximately between 12,000 and 30,000 deaths have resulted from the flu between October of last year and March of this year. 
Overall, the CDC estimates that 12,000 and 61,000 deaths annually since 2010 can be blamed on the flu. And globally, the World Health Organization estimates that the flu kills 290,000 to 650,000 people per year. The CDC also estimates that up to 31 million Americans have caught the flu this season, with approximately 210,000 to 370,000 flu sufferers hospitalized because of the flu. So if Ebola and the flu have resulted in much higher fatalities than the coronavirus, then why these sudden concerns? Why the shutdowns and the closures of borders? of schools and major events. What is the difference in the significance between the coronavirus and the flu? Now, the major concern of the coronavirus has a lot to do with the RNA sequencing and genetics of the virus. Now, the seasonal flu is an all-human virus. The DNA-RNA chains that make up the flu are recognized by the human immune system. This means that your body has some immunity to it before it comes around each year. And you get immunity two ways, through exposure to a virus or by getting a flu shot. Now, novel viruses come from animals. The World Health Organization tracks novel viruses in animals and is sometimes for years watching for mutations. Usually, these viruses only transfer from animal to animal. Pigs in the case of the H1N1, birds in the case of the Spanish flu. But once one of these animal viruses mutates and starts to transfer from animals to humans, then it's a problem. Why? Because we have no natural or acquired immunity. The RNA sequencing of these genes inside the virus isn't human, and the human immune system doesn't recognize it, so we can't fight it off. Now, sometimes the mutation only allows transfer from animal to human. And for years, its only transmission is from an infected animal to a human before it finally mutates. So then it can now transfer from human to human. And once that happens, we have now a new contagion phase. And depending on the fashion of this new mutation, that's what decides how contagious or how deadly a virus is going to be. H1N1 was deadly, but it did not mutate in the way, in a way that was deadly or as deadly as the Spanish flu. And its RNA was slower to mutate and attack its host way differently as well. Now, fast forward. Now, here comes the coronavirus. It existed in animals only. No one knows exactly how long, but one day at the black meat market in Wuhan, China in December 2019, It mutated and made the jump from animals to people. Now, at first, only animals could give it to a person. But here's the scary part. In just two weeks, it mutated again and gained the ability to jump from human to human. And scientists call this quick ability slippery. Now, this coronavirus, not being in any form a human virus, where areas we would all have some natural or acquitted immunity, It took off like a rocket. And this was because humans have no known immunity and doctors have no medicines for it. And it just so happens that this particular mutated animal virus changed itself in such a way that it causes great damage 
to human lungs. Now that's why the coronavirus is different from this season from the seasonal flu or the H1N1 or any other type of influenza. This one is slippery and much more unpredictable. And it's a lung eater. It's already mutated again so that now we have two strands to deal with. Strand S and strand L will make it twice as hard to develop a vaccine. Now we really have no tools in our shed to deal with this and history has shown that fast and immediate closings of public places has helped in the past pandemics. Philadelphia and Baltimore were reluctant to close events in 1918 and they were the hardest hit in the U.S. during the Spanish flu. So yes, it is a major concern. And yes, the coronavirus outbreak is actually a real thing and not just some kind of heightened media event or a political stunt. This is a real pandemic. Now, has the media blown this thing extremely out of proportion and perspective? Absolutely. Now, this is the reason why we're having all the panic in the grocery stores, and it's the reason why folks can't even find diapers or baby wipes or even toddler medication because people are panicking and they're hoarding all this stuff for absolutely no warranted reason other than fear. Now, the truth of the matter is that as of today, China is already reporting that there are no new infections of the COVID-19. It's hit its peak, and most cases are now already recovering. And as I mentioned before, most fatalities are due because of those who are older and already have pre-existing underlying health conditions. So it looks like that this thing is already on its way of clearing up within the next two weeks. And on the most part, from the health perspective, society should be in the clear from this virus by the time May or the beginning of June gets here if everything goes well. Now, something else that people aren't really talking about is that now that the temperatures are warming up, things are also going to begin to clear up pretty rapidly as well. This virus does not acclimate or survive in heat very well at all. It can't survive anything above 130 degrees Fahrenheit. This virus dies within 15 minutes in exposure to heat. So there is absolutely no warranted reason for the hoarding of toilet paper or supplies. We're going to be on track with this thing in no time. So all those folks who went out there and they spent thousands of dollars on toilet paper and paper towels and such essentially wasted a whole bunch of money and caused a panic for absolutely no reason at all. And it's most likely that they're going to have enough toilet paper to probably last them through the rest of the year. So it's safe to say that please stop hoarding the toy paper, folks. It's not necessary. It really isn't. Now, we know that in the book of Revelations, during the seven-year tribulation period, in the, end time, in the end times, plagues and diseases are poured out on people all over the world as a result of judgment of sin. Now, there are also the four horsemen of the apocalypse, where the fourth rider, the pale horse, pours out plagues and kills off nearly one-third of humanity. But obviously, the coronavirus is not it. But just the mere fact that the coronavirus was able to spread so quickly and infect nearly a third of the world's nations is proof that a widespread infection or pandemic can absolutely occur very rapidly and very lethal. 
But obviously, this is nowhere near close to the apocalyptic magnitude of the end times, especially the fact that it only has a 4% fatality rate and majority of the nations have already taken the appropriate precautions to stop and slow the spread of this infection. So we can pretty much rule out that this is not the apocalypse and this is not the judgment of plagues in the Revelation. We're not quite there yet. Now there are a lot of theories and conspiracies out there going around as to who started this thing. And then there are several theories out there about God's purpose for the coronavirus. One theory that I read from Breaking Israel News, one rabbi claims that there is that this is in relation to the Temple Mount because Israel has not rebuilt the Temple. And they quoted the plague that hit Israel during David's time, citing that that plague was because a suitable Temple was not built for the Ark of the Covenant. Now that is 100% completely unbiblical and unfactual. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more detail in just a moment. Now another theory that one ra- another rabbi put forth is claiming that this coronavirus has spread and hit Rome and Italy, and it's going to get much worse until the Vatican returns the sacred artificial or the sacred artifacts from the Second Era Temple. Now, however, like I said, most places are already confirmed a recovery from the virus, so I find it hard to believe to believe that this thing, this theory, is the case of the coronavirus. Now, the biggest reason I believe this outbreak has occurred and affected the United States so severely is based solely on the timing of events, which I believe reveals the purpose of the whole thing. It's not a government cover-up. It's not a government bioattack of some sorts. It's not warfare. And I believe that this was most certain, it most certainly is a God thing, and the timing of everything connects this outbreak with several prophetic events to the United States. I'm going to get, it, get into that. Now, as I always state in every message I give, that there are no such things as a coincidence. It's not a matter of if God is speaking. It's a matter of what God is speaking, because He is always communicating to us. Now, if you look back at the patterns and the themes that already exist in the Bible and throughout history, we can clearly identify the reason for the coronavirus outbreak. And we can also identify what God is communicating to us and also future events that are about to unfold. Now, I've used this system of identifying biblical patterns throughout history and throughout the entire Bible to accurately perceive prophetic messages in our current time, which God's been speaking to us. I have a 100% prophetic accuracy with this system. According to the Bible, in 2 Samuel 24, and also in 1 Chronicles chapter 21, there is a census which is going on in Israel. So if you would turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 21 real quick, Now, most of you probably already know this story, but I'm going to go ahead and read through the verses 1 through 16 real quick for those listening who aren't aware of this story. Now, I believe this passage of Scripture is the key in identifying what is going on here and why it's happening. So, starting in verse 1, 
we read that Satan rose up against Israel and caused David to take a census of the people of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the army, take a census of all the people of Israel from Beersheba in the south to Dan in the north and bring me a report so I may know how many there are. But Joab replied, May the Lord increase the number of his people a hundred times over. But why, my lord the king, do you want to do this? Are they not all your servants? And why must we cause Israel to sin? But the king insisted that they take the census. So Joab traveled throughout all Israel to count the people. Then he returned to Jerusalem and reported the number of people to David. There were 1,100,000 warriors in all Israel who could handle a sword and 470,000 in Judah. But Joram did not include the tribes of Levi and Benjamin in the census because he was so distressed at what the king had made him do. God was very displeased with the census, and he punished Israel for it. Now David said to God, I have sinned greatly by taking the census. Please forgive my guilt for doing this foolish thing. Then the Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer, and this was the message. Go and say to David that this is what the Lord says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of these punishments, and I will inflict it upon you. So Gad came to David, and he said that here are the choices the Lord has given you. You may choose three years of famine, three months of destruction, by the sword of your enemies, or three days of severe plague as the angel of the Lord brings devastation throughout the land of Israel. Decide what answer I should give to the Lord who sent me. I am in a desperate situation, David replies again, but let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is very great. Do not let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel, and 70,000 people had died as a result. And then God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But just as the angel was preparing to destroy it, the Lord relented, and he said to the death angel, Stop, that is enough. At that moment, the angel of the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Anariah, the Jebusite. David looked up, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth, and with his sword drawn, reaching over to Jerusalem. So David and the leaders of Israel put on the burlap to show their deepest distress and fell face down on the ground. And David said to God, I am the one who called for the census. I am the one who has sinned and done wrong. But these people are innocent as sheep. What have they done? Oh, Lord, my God, let your anger fall against me and my family, but do not destroy your people. Now, I want to point out something to you very specific that most people miss. And it's a huge perspective thing dealing with the sovereignty of God. Now, you'll notice that in 2 Samuel 24's account of this story does not identify Satan. And Mary says, an angel of the Lord. But here in 1 Chronicles 24, account of Satan is identified. And you'll notice that in both accounts of the story, God is using Satan as his form of punishment of sin. And that is why the Bible tells us that all things were made by Christ, through Christ, and for Christ, because God uses everything, everything, every single one of us, angels and demons, Christians or non-believers, all for his purpose. And he uses everything and everyone. And this story is an excellent example of the sovereignty of God. It is God who gives the order. And a lot of times he simply just uses the enemy 
to carry out that order. And all he has to do is simply remove his hand of protection. So yes, all things are in obedience to the word of God. Now occasionally, yes, the enemy is out there running around creating chaos and disorder. But in reality, God is still fully 100% in control. And also, not every single situation is a result of sin. In the case of Job, some things are simply just for the purpose of testing and faith. Now, that's why in a lot of situations, people get out there and they try their hardest to rebuke illnesses and they pray for healing, but it never happens because you cannot rebuke the will of God. That is why scripture says that if God is for you, then who can be against you? But if God has ordained it, For the enemy to carry out a judgment, whether it be for famine or plague or sickness or disease, your rebukes are completely useless. And that's why it's so important to seek understanding, to seek wisdom and discernment in any and every situation that you're facing. Now, if it's the case of testing for the purpose of someone's faith, are you going to rob them of that victory or that testimony that God is doing? If it's the case of sin, are you going to take away God's judgment and a decision regarding sin in that person's life? Because only Christ has that ability. So it calls for discernment and for wisdom. And that is exactly what the Bible tells us. That's why the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 5.2, not to be so hasty with our mouths, speaking careless words or vows or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter before God. For God is in heaven and we're on earth, therefore let our words be few. We should be very careful in our rebukes and our prayers and should seek discernment and wisdom first. Now I've got a few friends of mine who are in this habit of just rushing to rebuke and they're rushing to speak or pronouncing things in Christ's name without any kind of discernment or understanding of what's going on. And God bless them truthfully because some of them are the most loving Christians that I have ever known. But don't fall into that habit. Instead, pray on this situation. And if you must, go into fasting and wait for the Holy Spirit to bring discernment and understanding to that situation so that you're going to know exactly what to pray for. And in that way, your faith isn't rebuked or done in vain, and you don't make the situation even worse. So according to the Bible, the plague that struck Israel wasn't because David didn't build the tabernacle or the, there wasn't a suitable house for the ark, but it was in result of sin, the sin of David, through that census. So at times, God will hold leaders accountable for sin, and you'll see that judgment poured out on its people and nation because of it. And King David was the most godly king that Israel has ever had. So godly, God preserved his lineage and blessed it and that Jesus was born through his bloodline. So just because a nation is facing rebuke doesn't mean that that particular leader is ungodly or not chosen or that it's the enemy. Now that being said, right now the United States is also in a census year, being the year 2020. So what that tells me is that it is possible, 99% chance likely, that God is dealing with a sin issue in regards to our leadership here in the United States. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be the sin of the president, but it can also be the sin of our elected officials 
like in the Senate or in Congress. Now, I believe the sin that we are seeing God dealing with here has a lot to do with the democratic and liberal representation, such as in New York, for those who have appointed New York's late-term abortion bill into law last year. In fact, it was actually precisely one year ago this month when the Lord gave me a prophetic word concerning judgment coming to the United States because of late-term abortion. December of 2018, or the Hebrew year 5779, last year I published a prophetic word and prophesied that the fight was coming concerning abortion and the moral and biblical obligation that the church has to stand up and fight against abortion. And shortly after that word was published, New York officially legalizes late-term abortion, allowing the murder of an unborn baby all the way up to the hour of its birth. Then, after that happened, the Lord gave me another prophetic word, and on March 5th, 2019, I prophesied and published that word and said that the Lord would hold us accountable for what was done specifically to the churches in New York City, in New York. When I prayed and I asked the Lord how long it would be, how long would it take in the timeline for this judgment to be carried out, and I was shown and directed to Genesis 18.10. Now, Genesis 18.10 is extremely profound in this situation because that verse is where three angels of the Lord appear to Abraham and Sarah to tell them that essentially in one year they were going to give birth to their son. And that's the very last passage we see just prior to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now that is profound. That word was officially published on our website, March 5th, 2019, and we published it on all of our social media platforms as well. Now March 11th of this year, 2020, the World Health Organization officially announced COVID-19 a global pandemic. And here it is, the Lord gave me that word in March 5th, 2019, that things would begin to come within a year's time frame. Now, that's not a coincidence. I have had several visions from 2017 until a few weeks ago about severe flooding and catastrophic events occurring in New York, all of them happening prior to summertime. I even officially published a vision I had where I saw the stock market plummeting in its final hours of trading. I just reshared that vision on our social media and Facebook pages just recently. Now, that vision just came to pass this past Wednesday. We're literally in the last hour of trading when President Trump came out on a press conference and announced that we may be facing a possible recession. And then the stock plummets over 3,000 points right after he said that, erasing nearly all the gains it has made since 2017 when the president took office. Now, in that particular prophetic word I published concerning New York, in that word, the Lord says that he would send a sign that would indicate the timing of when everything would be carried out, and that sign would cause people to flee from New York. Now, I believe this virus and the plummeting of the stock market, all that stuff, is that sign. Now, again, guys, you can go back and listen to those podcasts. You can go to our website, 
And you can go to our social media websites and on Facebook, and you can read all of those words in the dreams that I officially published. And you can see there, every single one of them, everything is coming to pass. And so far, I have a 100% prophetic accuracy rating, meaning everything has come to pass or is coming to pass. Now, I prophesied in 2016 in the 2020 elections. I also prophesied the 2018 midterms. I prophesied the impeachment attempt and the outcome of that impeachment attempt. I prophesied the 2015 Bruce Jenner sex change and the LGBTQ transgender movements. I've prophesied on specific weather patterns, hurricanes, and volcanic activity. And through all those things, the Lord has accurately prophesied each one of those things in prophetic seasons for the last five years. And all those things are published on our website. You can go back and read them and on our social media pages. I would strongly advise you to go back and read them. So what does all this mean? What does the coronavirus mean for us? And what can we do about it? Now, if you are a true believing Christian and you're living out of New York City, if you have any family members anywhere else in the nation, I would make immediate arrangements to leave New York and to move in with them. Get out while you still can and as soon as possible. Even my wife and I officially moved out of New York last year of October. And for those of you in upstate parts of New York or you feel called to remain in the area, start preparing and start preparing your churches right now for relief missions for what's about to come. Because the last dream I had was about two months ago, and I dreamt that the coastal parts of New York City and majority of Long Island was completely washed away sitting underneath the ocean. The ocean had completely engulfed all of Long Island, and people and pets were pulled out to sea, and then there were boats off the coast pulling pets and animals, cats and dogs and people out of the water. And some of them had been out to sea for days and drowned from exhaustion. And if you do a Google search, you even do a YouTube search on the prophetic dreams concerning New York, you'll actually find and discover hundreds of videos that people have posted and shared their dreams about it for the last five, even ten years. Now, the Bible tells us that God does nothing without first revealing it to his people, his prophets. And when you see a massive amount of people unrelated to one another, and they're all prophesying the same dream and the same visions, then you know it's from God and it can be trusted. And I don't know exactly how everything is going to happen and how it's going to come about. I don't know the exact date, and I've only had visions of the aftermath. But what I do know that is that the Lord has confirmed it multiple times to me and through several other people, and it will be catastrophic. So catastrophic that it will change the geographical outlines and boundaries and maps in New York and the United States. They're not going to be able to even go back and rebuild after this occurs. And I believe that right now, through the stock market, through the coronavirus outbreak, and all these events that are occurring and about to occur are geared for one purpose and one purpose only. And they are all signs to prepare us for what's coming. Now, I believe churches and Christians have become stagnant. They've become complacent. 
It's the reason why things like late-term abortion have been able to prosper in places like New York and Virginia. And so therefore, God is about to make a major shift in the church, and he's going to do it through finances and other things. So we're about to see a significant shift in the anointing in the church. The anointing and the finances are going to go into the hands of those who have been diligent, who haven't strayed, and they have stayed true to the calling that God has given them. And as catastrophic as these things are going to be, there is hope. There is a greater purpose, and I will. And that purpose is going to be for the purpose of unity, for revival, for the gospel message, for the saving of lives for all eternity. Now, before I close out this message, I'm going to leave you with one last word of hope, a prophetic word in which the Lord gave me just a few days ago. And literally, I'm driving on my way home from work this past Sunday. When the Lord began to speak to me, I had to pull over and write every word down. And what he said to me was, Now look and see. Have I not gotten your attention, says the Lord God? Behold, I am moving upon the earth and upon every nation and people. I'm bringing glory to my name, and I am reconciling all people to myself. I have prepared the way. I have tilled their hearts for such a time as this. My spirit shall blanket the earth and shall bring forth a harvest such as never happened before nor shall ever be. For I am making my name great, for they will come from all the corners of the earth to seek me. For they will search for me where they have heard of the rumors of where I have placed my spirit and my hands have worked, seeking for themselves. It shall spread faster than wildfire. Their ears will be on fire, burning to hear of what I am speaking and doing. For it shall spread faster than any virus. For I have revealed through this, just as quickly as a contagion invades, so shall it be my word. It will be unfathomable. For then they shall know that I am the Lord God, that there is no one else besides me. Do not fear, says the Lord, for this has been for the purpose of my glory and for the saving of many lives whatever the case be do not be afraid trust in the lord god put everything in his hands and he will guide you through the rest you don't have to be afraid especially when your house is built upon the solid foundation of christ now these things aren't an accident they're not a coincidence the coronavirus the stock market all these things were allowed to happen so that you and i may see and believe and have faith in the Lord because he is trustworthy he is faithful he is a rewarder of those who serve and seek him who place their faith and their trust in him and if you have never placed your faith in Christ or perhaps it's been a while and you want to recommit your faith in him I want you to pray this prayer with me right now right where you are dear Heavenly Father God I thank you for who you are I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your Holy Spirit, and I thank you for sending your one and only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins and for forgiving me. I give you full permission to work in my life, to work through me, that I may live according to your desire and will. I ask that you please continue to lead me, and may your gospel message continue to spread and prosper in the lives of the of others around me. 
Your will be done and your kingdom come. In Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Now you can find more great teachings just like this one on our website at tribalchristians.com. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this message that you may help us to spread the gospel message. Now this concludes this message. I am the chief sinner with the tribal Christians, and may God continue to be with you and bless you always.